We've started something last Wednesday concerning uh, the Spirit of God and concerning the Holy Spirit and uh, understanding Him and welcoming Him and realizing that uh, we have got some gifts and uh, the supernatural power of God. How many you know without the supernatural, uh, th- these are just words? Do you know that? We're going to pray here in just a moment, but I just want to set things up for you because... You know, we have to get ourselves in a position to say, you know what, God's real. And his word is real and all, everything in the word of God is real. And uh, if we believe it, we can actually uh, receive it. And if we receive it, then we can actually act upon it and get all the benefits from it. You know, I don't know about you, but I, you know, I grew up in church. And so uh, they used to always, we always talked about God and talked about what he has done and all the things and the good things in the Bible. And, I, and thank God for that because that's what brings faith to know that what he has done and what he is doing. But really, I never did ever like it enough to where I said, Lord, I want you to do it in my life. I want to see, uh, I want to see, I want to taste and see that the Lord is good. I want to do what the scriptures say. I, I want that. And of course, with God, it's like, hey, he's the same God. He's the same God today as he was yesterday. Amen. And, uh, you know, many times we're waiting on God to move. And God's waiting on us to move. We have to take a step toward him. We have to take a step saying, Lord, I want what you want. I desire what you desire. Amen? So hopefully you've brought your expectation tonight. And hopefully you're ready to receive. Because I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit just to share truths that we can earnestly contend for the faith that God has for us. And that we can taste and see that the Lord is good. And I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to minister words of life to you. Amen? Uh, we just had a couple of guest speakers that were here, and which is kind of unique. Uh, I have so many of my friends say, why did you have two different guest speakers on the same Sunday instead of just having one do two service? Or well, one of the biggest reasons is because all three of us are really good friends, uh, but also they complement one another. They, they build off one another. They're working together. They've been working together for years, and it was just, uh, I just thought it would be something unique to do. And it, and it was, and it turned out really well because they complimented each other and it was just a, a tremendous blessing and they were blessed and we're praising God that you were blessed, amen? So let's pray. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Father, we honor you tonight. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for the precious Holy Spirit. Lord, I just yield myself to you as a vessel that you can use. My heart's desire is that you speak through my lips, think through my mind. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just show me things to come and give me utterance tonight to minister words of life to each and every person that's here. Lord, our heart's desire, we've just come to meet with you. We haven't come to hear what I have to say. We've come to hear what you have to say through me to minister words of, of life, Father. It's words of life that change us. One word from you can change our lives forever. Hallelujah. So, Holy Spirit, you just move and you manifest as you see fit. Hallelujah. And you lead us, you guide us, you direct us. You are so wonderful, so awesome. And, Lord, I just yield myself to you once again. And I honor you and I love you and I praise you for it. And it's in Jesus' wonderful name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you brought your Bibles with you, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and uh, we're just going to look at some, some scripture here and talk about some things. 
Because I want to talk about the ministry of the Spirit. I want to talk about uh, uh, what does it mean, the ministration of the Spirit. As the King James Version says, it simply means the work of the Holy Ghost, the work of the Holy Spirit, and uh, that He's the third person of the Godhead, but He's here in the earth. Amen? He's the one that's anointing us. He's the one that's bringing the supernatural into existence in our life. And why do I say that? Why, why do I say the supernatural? Because if you take the power of God out of the word of God, if you take the, the supernatural, then all we have is a bunch of words. Okay? The reason that we come and the reason that we read the word of God is because it brings life to us. This word will bring life to you. Amen? It'll change our lives forever. And it works. We need to believe it. We need to take hold of it and begin to act like it's so. I think that's one of the things that God is really stirring up the body of Christ is to just really take what he said and apply it to our lives and believe it. You know, we we can't get saved without believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth the Lord Jesus. Amen? That's how we get born again. Romans 10, 9, and 10. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The only way you can get saved is by confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen? And so we look at that, but that's because all of the promises of God. And here in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul starts talking to the, the, the Corinthian folks, and he's saying, hey, listen, we don't need letters. We don't need, you're our living letters. You're our living epistles. You are this. And I'm going to start reading uh, at verse 4, and I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. And verse 4 says this, we are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. And this is a covenant not written of laws, but of the spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the spirit gives life. Aren't you glad that we have life? Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Amen? Aren't you glad that we have the abundant life? Because that's what he declared. That's what he shared with our hearts. Now I want you to go with me over to Galatians, if you would. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. We're going to begin reading at verse 1. You know, it's funny because also we look at this and we just think, well, that's nice to hear words. But the key is that words build faith on the inside of us. And that's what we want to do. We want to build faith in you to know that God's with you. God's for you, God's in you, hallelujah, and that he'll put you over, he'll bring life to you, amen? So at the end of uh, there in Second Corinthians chapter 3, it says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, or there is freedom. Aren't you glad that Jesus sets you free? It's amazing that folks get into bondage over a lot of things. We have a lot of small wars that are fought over things, but the truth is supposed to set you free. It's not supposed to bring you into bondage bring you into captivity because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. So we take hold here in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. He said, O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Do you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message that you heard about Christ. 
Or, in the King James says, you've received the Spirit because of the hearing of faith. Let's keep reading. He says, how foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit? Are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message that you heard about Christ or it's because of the hearing of faith. Hearing the word of God. Amen? So he says, why did you start out in the spirit and yet now you're going to try to make yourself perfect in the flesh? How do you know that we all start out believing and trusting? We all came to God, you know, no matter when you came, no matter if you came as a child or you came as a teenager or an adult, you came to God and you said, Lord, I need a savior. And you trusted him and believed that as you confessed your sins and as you believed that he would be your savior, he became your, and you knew you were changed. You knew that you were born again. But what did you do? You accepted it by faith. You believe what God's word says. And now, since we've got so much knowledge, so much information, that now we've let our heads be trained and our hearts not be trained as much as they should have been, or our spirits. You say, why is that? Because it's easier to rationalize things than to still walk by faith and to believe that God wants us to do things. And yet, in order to operate in the realm of the spirit and operate in the realm that God wants us to operate in, we've got to operate by faith. We've got to believe that what God's word says and what God's speaking to our hearts, we've got to operate along that line there. See, when he talks about, are you become so foolish? Who's put a spell on? Who has bewitched you? That, you know, all of a sudden, that you, you, you first started out in faith and now you're trying to be made perfect in the flesh. How many you know we can't do that? We've got to stay full of, of the Spirit of God and we've got to continue to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? Because the law represents works. Amen. Are y'all still here? Y'all go? Y'all okay? You know, you know, I know you're thinking, you're thinking, you know, we're, 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 the key of, of what, or not the key, but one of the greatest truths I want to get across is I want us to get have an understanding that there's a spiritual realm that God wants us to operate in. There's a place, there's a realm, there's a place called in the spirit. The Bible says being in the spirit, they did some things. Being in the spirit, it's a praying in the spirit, it's a being in the spirit. Being the, and that doesn't mean that you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. I don't really believe that can happen. I believe if you're heavenly minded, you're going to be very earthly good. And if you have your mind and heart set on the Lord Jesus Christ and your mind is set on what the spirit of God is speaking to you, you're going to be obedient to do what he says to do. Amen? And God calls us to do that. He shares with us to do those things there. You know, we've got to earnestly contend for the faith because if, if we don't have the power of God, then all we have is a social club. If we're not meeting the needs, if we're not sensing how to pray or sensing a touch from God, if we're not sensing what to do, then what good is this? What good is it? You know, thank God, you know, we believe this. It makes us good people. But glory to God, we're not just good people. Hallelujah. We're supernatural folks. The power of God. We've got the answer to the world. Paul told them, you know, you remember what Paul said over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He told those guys, he said, listen, you bunch of carnal, meat-headed guys, you walk around as mere men. Why were they doing it? Because they were saying, well, I'm of this person, or I'm this, or I'm that, and I'm of this, and I'm of that. Paul said, when you say you're of this or you're of that, are you not yet carnal? 
Amen? We have a lot of that going on. I'm this, I'm that. We, everybody wants to put tags on themselves. Instead of taking hold of the Word of God, hallelujah, and, and, and really esteeming the Word of God of what God wants us to do. Because here in Galatians, it's, it's really, it's contrasting the law versus faith or works versus faith. He said, you've started out in the Spirit, you started out in faith, and now you're trying to be perfect doing something. God's desires for us to continue faith in believing. Many times I ask people questions, what have you been exercising your faith for? I mean, are you believing for anything other than some great thing? But are you believe in God? Every day you ought to be believing God. You'll be exercising your faith for things. Thank you for your overwhelming response. We're supposed to be a faith church. We're supposed to be believing for some things. You should have, when somebody says, you know, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? You've got to say, how much time do you have? Let me tell you how good I'm doing. Let me tell you what's going on. Tell you what I'm believing, what I believe God is going to do in my life. You know, it's funny because people get upset about people that have vision. They do. They get upset because people who have passion, they say, well, all that guy ever talks about is winning the lost. All he ever talks about is trying to get people saved. I love that because that's his passion. All this person over here talks about is helping somebody. All they want to talk about is feeding or doing, showing mercy. I I love that. They got a mercy gift. They love Glory to God. That's their passion. And if you don't have one, you need to get one. You need to get a purpose. Amen? You need to grab a purpose. And guess what? The Word of God will give you a purpose. It'll give you a purpose of what you need to do because we've got to remind ourselves of how good God is. We remind ourselves of the miracles of God. And the only way we receive all this stuff is believing that God has done it for us and that we can do those same things that Jesus did, that we can actually walk in that. But we've got to believe that God wants to use us. Why don't we see gifts of the Spirit or why don't we see things happening more and more in our lives uh, uh, it, you know, to, to touch people's lives or to do things? It's because we're not believing for that. We're usually just believing God. Oh, God, meet my needs. God, I'm believing you to do this. I'm believing for that parking place in front of this place. I need this. You know, help me. get it. It's all about me. And yet God wants us to, to break free from us and start using everything that we have for others. He wants us to set our sights, you know, on heaven and pull down heaven's blessings so that we're touching lives around us. And open up our eyes to see that there are a lot of folks around us that need it. And they need the power and the presence of God. Amen. And so in order to do that, you've got to keep God's word in front of you, but you've also got to keep God's spirit because you've got to water. You've got to have that refreshing. Amen? See, see you know, uh, God said he gives us times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord, and his word will bring that presence. His word will bring things because we look at his word. But then when that presence comes, that's when refreshing comes because we get refreshed and, and, and we drink water. Amen? I mean, I never, you know, yesterday I did something very foolish. I, I worked out in 106 degree, 102, whatever it was. It was very, very hot. So he and another guy worked out and really did a very, very difficult workout. And I could not get hydrated. I couldn't even get cooled off. I was just, I just kept down and drinking and doing. And, uh, but I kept going because just because of him, I think. But anyways, I still love him. You know, but he's a blessing. But I couldn't finish it all the way through because I was just done. <laughs> but I never valued water so much as yesterday. I said, we need a refreshing here. We need some more refreshing. And you know, that desire, though, is something that we have to have toward the Lord Jesus Christ and toward the Spirit of God. How many of us desire God to use us? 
Amen. Desire for us to be at the right place at the right time just to touch, to touch lives. I mean, I, I really truly believe that. I think if, as we do that, we believe that God is. Not that he was, not that he will be, but that God is. God is. You know, that's what Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why? Because you've got to believe that he is. Not that he was, not that he's going to be, but that he is. He is. He's right now. He's your strength. He's the great I am right now. He's not, I, I, you know, I was. Because even though he was and he will be, but if you don't get him in the I is and the I am, you're not going to receive. You're not going to enjoy. You're going to always be looking for something bigger and better. You're not going to enjoy the presence of God of what he's doing right now in your life. Amen? We've got to do that. We've got to fight the good fight of faith. How many you know that we have a fight? And we have that fight with, we have to fight the good fight of faith, which what is, how, what do you mean? How do we do that? Man, you take the word of God and you take hold of the truths of the word and you apply them to it. And it's a, it's a faith walk. It's a faith walk. We got to lay hold of eternal, but we got a faith walk to fight the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. And allow God to say, you know what? Your word is real. I'm going to believe that your word is real. No matter what, God, I believe your word is real. How many of you know that if, if you come or you open your Bible, say this, if you just begin to read your Bible and don't expect to get changed by reading the word of God, then you're in trouble. If you come to church and you don't expect God to change anything in your life or you don't expect to receive anything, then the devil has already won. Amen. I mean, I've been going to church all of my life. All of my life. I mean, I'll have this crazy testimony. I didn't go out and do stupid things. You know, I've been, in, I've been in church all of my life. I have. I got born again in church. I was raised in church. Uh, you know, the last time, first time I can ever remember going to church, I was two years old, and I remember it. And they said, well, how can you remember that? Because I remember the song we sang. Hallelujah. And I still remember that song. That song's still stuck in my head. Hallelujah. It was Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. And I remembered it. I never forgot it. That's the only time I ever heard it. <laughs> Only time I've ever heard that song sung, in, and it was in the nursery. And they said, well, how did, you know, because they said, where'd you guys? I said, well, they sung it in the nursery. You know, and I just remembered it. It just stuck in my head. And, uh, but I got saved in church, you know, and, and grew up, and then I started in ministry very young, and so I've been in church all of my life, and, and yet you can become complacent if you allow it. And I, would, I, I refuse to, I refuse, I refuse to become complacent. I refuse not to grow every single day of my life. I refuse not to hear the word of God. I refuse not to see something in the word of God. And I refuse not to read the study because I want God to show me something every day. I want to feed myself and I want to just, God, show me something. Give me something. Let me help somebody. Let me be a blessing. That's my heart. So because what is the enemy trying to do? He's trying to get us to get so burdened down with all the stuff that's around us. I mean, you, know, you ever, you know, I mean, I, I have those days every single day of my life. You know, I, I wish that I have a day that everything went smooth. People, are, I don't think there's ever a day in my entire life that's ever gone. Amen. You know. <laughs> you know, but I think if that ever happened, I think I'd be backslid. I'd be like, oh my gosh, God, I'm not touching lives. I'm not, I'm not dealing with somebody's chaos or somebody's problems. I need to help people. What's going on? Amen. But how do you do that? How do you keep yourself stirred up? 
Well, Paul told us to stir up the gift of God within us, which is the Holy Spirit. You stir up the Spirit of God within you, and you ask the Lord, okay, praise God, I'm expecting to receive. I'm going with an expectation, a hunger, a desire. I refuse to be religious by the help of the Holy Spirit. I say that a lot. And then I use this other statement. I used to say, the Lord used to say, listen, he said, a miracle a day helps keep religious devils away. So I don't want to get religious. And I said, what do you mean by religious? Well, you know you're religious when everything has to be done your way. Don't hit nobody. Don't turn to the left or the right. Everything's good. You know, and, uh, you know, <laughs> because I have this heart desire that I want to be a blessing, that I want to be an encourager, that I want to touch lives. Amen? There's a reason for that because it helps, gives refreshing to me. Amen? There's a story in the Old Testament. Um, in fact, let's go over to it. I don't, I don't know how it is in the, in the, in the King James, I mean in the New Living Translation. I know how to think about it in the King James Version. But uh, let's go over to 1 Kings chapter 18. And uh, just reminded of this one. It's kind of exciting. So, Hallelujah. Yeah, let's go to 1 Kings chapter 18 and let's begin reading, oh, down about the 20th or 21st verse here. I like this because Elijah's talking here. And uh, he's frustrated because he thinks he's the only one serving God. Do you ever think about in your own life, I'm the only one that's got any sense around here. I'm the only one serving God. Everybody else is backslid. Nobody else knows what I mean. They just, gosh, Lord, is there anybody that loves you? Is there anybody that cares? I know you've never thought about that, but if you hang around your family long enough, you think, oh my God, I, don't, I must have been adopted. What is going on here? But no, but he's the, he does. He has this, I'm the only one. Everybody else is serving Baal. He can't see anything good. And he gets frustrated, and the Lord speaks to him about doing something. So then Ahab, in verse 20, says, So Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. Then Elijah stood in the front of them, and he said, Okay, how much longer will you waver hobbling between two opinions? The King James says, How long will you falter between two opinions? Either God is God or Baal is God. Amen. He's like, hey, either God's God or the devil's. You know, he's going either God's greater than the devil, you know, or the devil's greater than God. What are we? What are we going to do here? And so here's what he goes on to say: This he says, if the Lord is God, then follow Him. But if Baal is God, then follow Him. But let me give you this phrase here. But the people were completely silent. King James says the people answered him not a word because they're like. We don't know. Isn't it amazing in the body of Christ when you talk about how great God is, how wonderful Jesus is, and when you talk about things, people are not really sure that God's as good as you're, you're, you're declaring. They're not sure that, well, well I don't, you know, it used to be when I was growing up, man, you, you wouldn't start talking about different things. You would never say, well, I'm not going to get that or I'm not going to do that because they say, oh, you better not say that. The devil might hear you. Everybody had more faith in the devil than they had in God. Instead of saying, that's the first person I want to hear it. I want them to hear it. I want him to hear it. I'm not going to get that stuff. I'm not going to let him put that on me. I'm not going to do those things, you know. 
He said, how long are you going to, how long will you halt or how are you going to be falter between two opinions? I like what the New Living says. How, how much longer will you waver hobbling between two opinions? When you don't make a decision in your life that I'm going to serve God with all my heart and that God is God, then you're always going to have the doubt and the unbelief. You're always going to be pulled and things aren't ever going to go right like as much as they should. You might as well jump in. People think you're one of us and just jump in and let God be God. And say, I'm just going to jump in the river. I'm going to jump in and let, and let God be God. Because he goes on to say this. He said, but the people are silent because they don't know. They're like, we don't know. And I know that. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only prophet of the Lord who is left. I'm the only one left. But Baal has 450 prophets. Now bring two bulls. The prophets of Baal may choose whichever one they wish and cut them into pieces and lay it on the wood on their altar, but without setting fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood and on the altar, but not set fire to it. Then we'll call upon the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the true God. And all the people said, oh, that sounds cool. That sounds good. The God who answers by fire. Now, you know, we know the story that Elijah said, hey, you go first. So they did it all morning. They went to the noonday sacrifice. They did it all day long. They got up to the evening sacrifice and nothing has happened. And we know that Elijah mocked them. I mean, he got really crude. You know, basically, you know, he got down to say, well, well maybe he's going to the, your God's going to the bathroom. He's in, can't, can't come out yet. I mean, that's how bad he got. It's kind of, you know, uh, it got really, really bad. And then finally he says, okay, all right, it's my turn. He says, it's my turn. And he tells him, okay, get everything here. All right, put water on top of it. Put water. And he digs a ditch. He starts putting water in everything. And they're like, what's he doing? Hitting the water. You know, if you jump down to the 35th verse, it says, and the water ran around the altar, even filled the whole trench. And at the usual time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and he prayed. He said, oh, Lord God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command. Amen. Oh, Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, oh, Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. And immediately the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and it burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, the dust. Even it licked up all the water in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell down on their face and and the ground and they cried out, the Lord, he is God. Yep, he is God. Yep, he, the Lord, he is God. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Hallelujah. And you do realize this is before Elijah went up on Mount Carmel to pray for rain. You know, he went up on Mount Carmel and began to pray for rain. Hallelujah. And then, of course, he prays for rain and the rain comes and he tells Ahab to get down and to go. And the next day, Ahab tells Jezebel that, you know, Elijah killed all of her 450 prophets. And so she sends a letter to Elijah to say, hey, you know, let, let your God strike me dead if I don't kill you by this time tomorrow. And Elijah got afraid and ran away. I mean, he kills 450 guys, but he's afraid of one woman. It's a sad thing right there, man. But he can't handle it, you know. And the Bible says, you know, he was afraid and he fled for his life, you know. Uh, so, you know, pretty crazy along that line there. But that's another story. 
But here's the thing about it is, is that, isn't it amazing? Elijah thinks he's the only one. We know as we continue to read it in, in 1 Kings 19, uh, we see where uh, God begins to speak to him. But there's also another story here down in verse 19. And why am I sharing this with you? Is because, listen, it's, it's time that we have to draw the line in the sand. That either God's God... Either God's got this, either we believe this, you know, how did, that we believe this with all of our hearts, hallelujah, and, and that we're going to stand up for truth. Whether we're threatened, whether we're looked upon at, at anything there, but we're going to stand and we're going to let God be God. Because that's when we walk by faith. Amen? Let's, let's see the hand of God upon these things here. Hallelujah. And, you know, I always liken this whole story to, is your life, uh, uh, you know, do you have conviction or do you have preference? Preference simply means, ah, you prefer things, it doesn't matter. But conviction means that you're ready to die for it. And kind of my humorous analogy of that is, it's the ham and eggs theology. The chicken is involved, but that pig is committed. Okay. He gave his life for your ham and your bacon, okay? The chicken just lays an egg and he goes on the next day. No big deal. And so when you understand that if you, when you have that conviction, and the conviction is a requirement. See, preference is negotiable. I can change. Well, I think I'll like it this day and maybe not do the next day. But so you got to stay strong in the things of God. Faith simply believes what God's word says and says, I'm going to take hold of it. I'm going to have it. Hallelujah. I'm going to walk in it. And I'm going to receive it. How, what does this have to do with the Holy Spirit? Everything. Because it takes faith to operate in the realm of the Spirit. Even Elijah, he had a word, he had a word from God about go there, let's do this. He said, how long will you do this? God answers by fire. He goes up on the mountain to pray. And, and, he, and he prays. And he sends his servant out there. And at the seventh time, his servant comes back and says, well, I see a little cloud about the size of a man's hand. And Elijah jumps up and says, you better go tell Ahab. You better hook up his chairs because it's about to rain. And before they can get down off the mountain, the clouds and the sky is dark and it's raining. And then the hand of the Lord comes on Elijah and he girts up his his skirt as he's wearing that big old long thing. And he runs 17 miles across the valley there of Jezreel and beats the horses of Ahab into the city. So, man, wouldn't you want to have seen that? Hallelujah. Watching him run and do and go. And then he goes on, you know, because Jezebel says, I'm going to kill you. He runs out and he's, he says, I'm just going to go out here and die. He said, Lord, I'm the only one left. I'm going to go out here and die. And then God, you know, he goes out and he's under the juniper tree. He's under the, the tree that's there. And God sends, uh, you know, the gourd that has water and sends bread that's out of a hot oven. And he eats it. And then he says, okay, eat again. And he eats some more bread and he drinks some more. And that sustains him for 40 days as he goes to the mountain. And as he gets up to the mountain, God said, go up into the cave of the mountain. Hallelujah. And he gets up there. Then there's this earthquake. Then there's this incredible wind. Then there's this incredible fire. But God's not in the earthquake. God's not in the wind. God's not in the fire. Then there's this still small voice that tells Elijah what to do. See, because God's not in the great spectacular things. God's not in all the loudness of everything. God's in his voice. God's in his voice and his voice is from the word of God. You know, and he tells Elijah to do something. He tells him what to do about anointing this king. Go anoint this king. Go anoint this person. Do this right here. Tells him what to do. Then he says, go anoint a guy by the name of Elisha that's going to take your place. And isn't it amazing that Elijah didn't do anything that God said except the last thing. He went and got Elisha and said, I'm done. Here you go. I'm going to anoint you. You do everything. And Elisha is the one that anointed the kings that God told Elijah to do. (laughs) Amen. 
But see, here's the king thing about Elisha. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is because we look at things and we say, but I'm trying. And, and, and we see some things here and, and we want to give up. And I thank God for Elijah. But with Elisha, you know, he goes in, man, he, 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 he just goes out. And uh, because when, when Elijah threw his cloak on Elisha, Elisha said, hey, okay, great. I know what this means. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a prophet in your stead. I'm going to be with you. He said, but let me go do this. Let me go back and tell my mom and dad. Let me go. He said, and, and Elijah goes, well, I don't care what you do. I mean, I mean, I just did what God said to do. You know, you do what you want to do. Hey, but Elisha didn't go back to his parents. He actually killed the oxen. He took all of his, his he was plowing with. He made that. He burned that as an altar. And he, he sacrificed that. And then he ran after Elisha. And he, and he served Elisha for 20 years. Elisha served Elijah for 20 years. Amen? Seeing what God was doing. And then when it came time for Elisha to, to, to go in there, you remember the story, because Elijah's trying to get Elisha to stay at this place, stay at this place, stay at this place, and everybody's saying, hey, you know your, your master's going to be taken away. He said, I know, just shut up. I know, just shut up. I'm going to get it. And then he finally gets there, and then Elijah says, what do you want? He said, I want a double portion. We should, every generation should have twice as much as the last generation. But we don't see that. It's quiet in this church. Quiet. I, we're taking Wednesday nights to share a little bit more in depth and a little more things. I'm just, I, you know, I've got notes, but not, most of it is just coming out of my heart here, because I, I really truly want to do this. I, I am tired of of looking back and seeing things in the past that were so far greater and more exciting than what I'm seeing right now. And uh, anywhere, anywhere. Anything that I'm seeing, anything I'm hearing, or anything, there's there's more things that happened on a, on a grander scale in in you know in the, where I'm at and stuff. I'm thinking, okay, Lord, that that shouldn't be right. We're supposed to have a double anointing. We're supposed to have a double portion. We're supposed to be each generation it should be getting better, and each generation has to fight, has to fight for the presence of God in their generation. And I'm bound and determined to be like David. The Bible says in Acts that David served his generation by the will of God. And I'm going to serve my generation by the will of God. And I'm going to serve this so that the next generation has fire and has the power and the presence of God. I mean, that's my heart. I want to see them do farther and greater things than me. Not just in the natural, but spiritual. Amen? I don't know about you, but I'm hungry for those things. I'm hungry. I desire that. Hallelujah. And I want to see God's hand upon it. Amen? And I like that, you know, because you remember when, when he see, and Elijah said, well, if you see me go up, then you get it. And he saw him go up, and, and Elijah's mantle fell down. So Elisha takes it back to the River Jordan, and he takes that mantle, and he hits it. And he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And the waters part. And he walks over dry land, and all of the prophets over there, because it's the school of the prophets, and they're all, they say, hey, the spirit of Elijah just rests upon Elisha. They said, uh-oh, he's got it. He's got what's going on here. How I many you know that we have the same spirit of faith? We have the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, they believe, therefore they spoke. We also believe, and therefore we speak. So we need to begin to declare some things. We need to begin to say something, and we need to begin to expect some things. You know, I really believe that. I've been praying for you to expect some things. I've been praying for you, God, to show you things in the grocery store. Praying for you, God, to show you things at the gas station. God, to show that, that, that you're just going to be at the right place at the right time with the right word to change somebody's life. Amen? Because they need to see that. They need to see it. 
And this, this isn't fantasy. It's truth. Amen? When you walk into a place, they ought to be going, okay, are you coming in peace or, or are we in trouble? Because that's what happened to the prophets of God in the, and when they came in the Old Testament. And God's made us kings and priests unto our God. He's given us his spirit. We know the answer. People ought to be running to you to find out the answer. They ought to be running to you to find out what they need to do. Because here's the thing. It's not so that we can say, hey, look at us. Look at that. God's using me in this. No. When you get used by God and the gifts of the Spirit and the power of God and the presence of God, it'll humble you. When it's truly God, you know it's not you. You know, oh my God, if everybody knew how unspiritual, how terrible I am, and God just spoke that through me, oh, that just tells you, God, if God can use a donkey, he can use me. It's super, because it humbles you because you know how much, because we have to do this. Every generation has to desire the, the things of the Spirit of God and the gifts of the Spirit of God so that the lost can be saved. It's scripturally, it is scripturally right to desire all of these things for the purpose of winning the lost. And I'm looking for some signs and some wonders. Amen? Amen? You know, I just am. You know, I, I, I get so, I, I, I'm humbled, I'm very humbled when asked to minister and to do things. And what I did with all of those missionaries, it's just humbling because these people put their lives on the line every day. Every day. They put their lives on the line because it's illegal to, you know, to preach the gospel in a lot of these areas that they're at. I just got a thing from a friend of mine that uh, been working for years and, he, and they, they just bought land in, 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 a, in a country and... Uh, built a church and it was really good and just, just yesterday and today they came in and they, they uh, uh, you know, torturing and ran off and, and really just beating all the Christians and they burned down the church that we paid for that we created over the last four years, five years. And uh, it was confirmed that it, you know, it, it was completely, you know, because they just came in and said, we're going to kill you and we're going to destroy your church. You know, and you think to yourself, well, God, why would God allow those things there? And yet these folks, they're gonna, they'll, they'll, they'll just rebound, come back up, and they'll meet somewhere else. Amen. You know, it, it's just amazing. It's, it's amazing, you know, that we, we look at things and we have one little mishap and it just wipes us out for months. Amen. You know, it's kind of crazy because, you know, you talk, and, and, I, and I love, I know overseas is different, I know because we have all of our comforts, they don't, but I know one, of the, one lady and her husband, they've been, in, they've been in the Darien jungle for, you know, the last 40 years, and her husband went on to be with the Lord, but she said, you know, it was funny, because every rainy season, the, the whole rains would come down and just washes everybody's houses off, it just wipes out their whole houses, they ride it out down the river and everything, then they turn around and come back and they rebuild all their houses. I said, how do you know that? Every year you're going to... I said, well, I think I'd build my house in a different spot. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. But, you know, we, we, we have it to... Now, we know in our area we can't rebuild because of the prices. There, they just go out and get some, get some wood out of the jungle. But why do I share that? It's because we have a tendency to educate our minds. We're so thoughtful in our heads that we can't get past... Well, is this, is, you know, I don't know about that. Listen, instead of just trusting God and saying, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. And I'm going to trust that I'm going to hear from you. And I'm going to walk in freedom. I'm going to walk in the, is it bringing freedom? Is it bringing bondage? That's how I know if it's from God or the devil. If it brings freedom, hallelujah. 
You know, and when and we says, well, it means I'm free to sin. No, we know better than that. We're not talking about that. You know, the Bible is very clear on what we can and cannot do. Amen? You never have to worry about it. Say, well, I don't know if it's me or my flesh. Listen, if it's a blessing and it's going to be a blessing, we know it's not your flesh. Because you're not that good and you're not that nice. <laughs> Amen? God's desire for us is to stop trying so hard to do the things and start, start believing a lot harder and trusting a lot more and exercising our faith more to receive the things that he's given unto us freely. Here's a scripture in the Old Testament. It's pretty cool. It says, The eyes of the Lord roam to and fro over the whole earth looking for someone whose heart is, is, is right toward him. Why is he looking at me? Because it goes on to say, so that he, when he sees someone whose heart is right to him, so that he might show himself strong on their behalf. How many of you are looking for God to, to show himself strong on your behalf? He's, and it says favor goes before you like a shield. That God's going to show favor. God's going to give you. These, you're just believing that God's going to do this. That God's going to give you favor in these situations. And when you do that, God will give you favor. He'll open the doors. He'll, he'll show you things to come. He'll give you favor with folks. Amen. So they'll do it. Amen. They'll actually, I mean, isn't it amazing? The apostles in Acts chapter 4, they were threatened, Peter and John, so they go back to their own company. They pray, and they say, lift up their voices, say, God, behold their threatenings, you know. And then they say, you know, you see all what they're doing of what they've tried to do and what they did to Jesus. But now, Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal. Let signs and wonders be done in the mighty name of Jesus. We're believing it. And the Bible says the place where they were, they were at, the whole place started shaking. Then in Acts chapter 5, they go down and they go out and they start doing miracle signs and wonders. And then it says, even so much as if the shadow of Peter would fall on folks. Why, did they, why were they trusting in Peter's shadow? Because they saw what God was doing. They were doing miracle signs and wonders. They were laying hands. They were doing things. But they said, listen, there's too many of us. But then somebody said, if I can just get in the shadow. And when they did, I got in the shadow, I got healed. So everybody said, just if the shadow can get on me, I'm going to get healed. What about the woman with the issue of blood? Said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. Amen? If I can just touch the hem of his garment. You know, we look at this, yeah, that was Jesus, and Jesus was there. Yeah, but here's Peter, his shadow, which is even greater than that. But the key also is, you remember there were times when Jesus would tell them, be it unto you according to your faith. Amen? So let it be unto us according to our faith. Hallelujah. Because such as we have, we give. Amen. Thank God for the power of God. Thank God that we want to go around and help people with their faith. And we want to go around, hallelujah, also releasing our faith so that we can see the plan and the purpose of God established. Because God wants to use you. Listen, God wants to use you to meet somebody else's need. He wants to use you to bring a word of encouragement. He wants to bring you, you to lay your hands on somebody, see them healed. He wants to bring you into positions where, hey, I can help you. I can do this. I can see it. I just want to do this for you. Amen? It is. But we got to stir up the gift of God. We got to believe that we're actually hearing. I don't know if you remember, but I kept telling you, you, you have the right answer. You're the right answer. You know the truth. You know that as a pastor, listen, we've got God's truth. That's why we know people you know, always want to come and say, well, how do you know that you're, you know, this Bible's the really the right Bible? How do you know if this is truth? Because it works. 
Because it's the word of the Lord that saved me. How do I know that he lives? Because he lives in me. How do I know that this word is really life and I can trust it? Because it actually works. Amen? Now, here's the big key. Here's where people make mistakes. Because you've heard my story about two guys that said, well, pastor, the only reason you believe the way you believe is because it works for you. Now, that sounds very scriptural, sounds very right, but it's very wrong. Okay, you guys ready? I'm going to help you. See, I don't believe this because it works. You say, but that's what you just said. (laughs) No, it works because I believe it. Because there's a lot of times I'm believing God and it didn't work. But that didn't stop me from believing this so that it can work. Amen. I haven't gotten all of my prayers answered and the things are where I was standing or doing. It didn't. Well, I, I, I did get them all answered. I just didn't get them answered the way I wanted to get them answered. Amen. But this works. Why? Because I believe it. I don't believe it because it works because the first time it doesn't work, ah, it's going to defeat me. But because it di- didn't work, and when you say that it didn't come to pass the way I was believing for it, then it's like, okay, I may not know enough yet. I, I may not have done it right. I know it, but I don't look at what didn't work and say, this doesn't work. Because this works. And so I believe and have faith in this, even though I didn't get the results I wanted to get. That's where faith comes in. See, we have a tendency to think that, well, you know, if it works, it's got to work all the time. And the Bible does work all the time when you do it right, when you line it up with God, and you get the Holy Spirit to hook up together with you. You ever had some praying for somebody and the Holy Spirit says, stop, or, you, or, the, Holy, or, you, or the Holy Spirit really takes your hand off, or the Holy Spirit says, he's not hooking up with you. And you have to ask the Lord, what's going on, Lord? And the Lord says, no, you need to let them come on home because there's never a better time for them to go than right now. Yeah, but that don't, you can give all kinds of excuses because the Bible tells us we can, we can commune with God and we can discuss our things. We can let us plead together. Let's plead our case. Let me, take, give, me, let me give you my case. God, you give me your case. We'll see which one, you know, go from there. Amen? Amen. Ask the Lord. Hallelujah. See, many times with prayer, that's one of the biggest things is most people don't even know how to pray. They know how to say, my name's Jimmy. I'll take all you'll give me. You know, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, prayer is a dialogue. Prayer is communication with God. Let's talk about this. Let's not get selfish, okay? You know. And here's probably the big, here's probably the biggest thing. Let me just wind this up. We'll, we'll close because I've I've taught long enough here. Is that you know I talk to a lot of folks, a lot of minister friends of mine. And this is one of the things that was difficult for me too. When I were talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit and stuff. And most of them are like, well, I would love to get that gift. Or, and that's what they would think. And so I'd love to have that. But I don't want to lose control. And, I th- and, you know, and, and because you're thinking, well, I, I, want to always, I want to understand this. I want to make sure I'm understanding. How many know that God's bigger than your brain? And there's always an element of mystery about the supernatural. Aren't you glad that God is greater than the way you can think? God's greater than everything. So there's an element of mystery. There's an element of the supernatural. There's an element. You've got to have faith to believe. So you can't figure it out. Okay, that's okay, but I'm going to trust you. 
God, you said if I ask you for the Holy Spirit, you're not going to give me a, a serpent. You're not going to give me something crazy. Because if, if my son asks me for a fish, I'm not going to give him a serpent. I'm going to give him a fish. If he asks me for a piece of bread, I'm not going to give him a stone. And if we, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto our children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? How much more will he do it? God, you're, you're my father. You're going to give me these things. And there is an element of, of mystery, but I'm so glad that I get to walk by faith. So glad that I get to trust you. How do you lead me, you guide me, you direct. So I'm going to mix my faith with his word and with his word, and that brings power. Amen? And it's time to be fully persuaded with the Lord. It's time to say, hey, let's go. But it's also time to make room. Make room for God to move. You know, that's probably been my biggest thing, and I'll, I'll confess my sins, okay, uh, along that line. I'm, I'm you know, I was raised, you know, in a denominational church, man, that if, if, if our minister, our pastor, you know, went two minutes after 12, he was close to getting fired the next Sunday. He didn't last long. If he didn't stop and, and finish, I mean, everything, by noon, we were in trouble, you know, and uh, very time conscious. With the things of God, there is no time. And so we have to take some time, you know. And I'm working on that. I really am. I'm working on that. I'm working on me. But that doesn't mean we're going to go for hours. I just, I've never, I've never been one to be in some place for hours and hours when God's not doing nothing. If he's doing something, I want to be there forever. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Hallelujah. You know, glory to God. Let's bow our heads. Go ahead, Miss Carol. Go ahead. Hallelujah. There is a fire. There is a place where my spirit desires for you to be. And in that place is called being in the spirit. It's called letting me be that which can consume you. Yet you've stepped back and yet you've fallen backwards in the sense of saying, I don't know if I want to go, if I want to yield, if I want to be that which I I need to be. But oh, come into with me. Let us walk together, says the Lord. I'll hold you. I'll take you. I'll bring you into a place so that you will know, so that you can grow and that you'll be able to show the world how good I am and how supernatural I am and how I want to speak and how I want to do 
Oh, I long. I long as a father longs for his children. I long for those because I'm waiting patiently, waiting patiently for the precious fruit of the earth. But they need to see and know. They don't need to just hear words. Yes, yes, they need to hear the plan of salvation. Yes, they need to hear because it's through the foolishness of preaching that people believe and that people get saved. But they need to see the power, hallelujah, of Pentecost. They need to see the power of my spirit, says the Lord. It's that spirit that flows forth and comes forth out of you. Hallelujah. Because there, there's rivers of living water that are going to flow through you and from you. And that's why I've called you into this place. That's why I've called you to be here. I've called you for such a time as this. That's why I've ordered your steps. And even though you think, yeah, but you should see my past. You see me, I'm not ready for any of this stuff. I'm not ready for this. Oh, but I've made you ready, says the Lord. Because I'm your strength. Because it's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And that's what infuses you. And that's what rises up within you. Because, oh, how I want to show the world and the, and the devil and all of his cohorts how great I am through the church. It's through the church that I want to show. And it's through the church that I will show. Oh, and I've called you in this hour. And I've called you in this time. So don't draw back. Don't think, oh, God could never use me. Ah, because... I desire to use all, and I desire to use you as you, not as somebody else, not as you being this or that, but I desire to use you. I went after you. No man could come unto me except the Father draw them. And I drew you, and you accepted me. Oh, and you accepted me, and you're my child. But now I want to flow through you so that you can be my child, to be a blessing to all those that are around you. And so, yeah, I've called you into the kingdom for such a time as this. Don't be afraid of the things of the supernatural. Don't be afraid of the things of the word of God. But stand up and declare, Lord, here am I. Here am I. Here am I. Just as Isaiah, who saw and was lifted up, and as he saw the train fill the temple, and he saw there was a conversation in heaven, and he said, woe unto me of a man of unclean lips. And oh, I'm not worthy. And the angel took the coal, and he went over and he cleansed his lips. And then he heard a conversation of me saying and declaring with my son, and then who will go and declare to this generation who will go and declare all about us and oh and Isaiah reached his voice and he said I'll go I'll go and God said yes you will go and you will say so you just have to surrender and say I'll go I'll be a voice I'll be a voice I'll be one to declare I'll be the voice of one crying in the wilderness oh hallelujah hallelujah Lord here am I send me Father, we honor you and love you and thank you and praise you for your utterance. Thank you for tongues and interpretation and the Bible calls just that. And Lord, thank you that you edify us, you exhort us and you build us up and you lead us and you guide us. Lord, we believe that Harvest Bible Church is that church that you've called into the kingdom for such a time as this. We believe with all of our heart that you're showing us things to come. And Father, we we, we pray in dangerous prayers as we call them, but really they're not. They're just heart-filled prayers of, Lord, 
Let us touch lives. Let us reach and touch the lives of every individual that's here. Let them know how much they're loved, how much they're cared for. And that, Father, you're not holding their sins against them. Oh, but you want them to come and you want them to know that they're forgiven. They're forgiven, they're loved, and you've got a plan and a purpose for their lives. Lord, I thank you for that. Thank you, Father God. Father, now as our heads are are all bowed and we're still here, we're in reverence to you. Lord, if there's anybody watching or anybody here under the sound of my voice that's never made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, they've never really made a decision, they've never made a heart decision and declared that, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. I want you to be my Lord. They haven't believed in their heart and confessed with their mouth that, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. Because that's what it declares to do. Father, my heart's cry, my heart's cry is that. Hallelujah. That, that, you know, we're taking the body of Christ into a deeper walk. But Father, we still want those to be born into the kingdom of God. And so if you are here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you'd like to, I lead you in a prayer. It's believing in it. And when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. Because it's with the heart. It's with your heart and with your mouth. So if you're here and you've never made Jesus the Lord and you want to, then just raise your hand real high. I want to pray with you. Same thing if you're watching. You can just do that. You can just believe in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Lord, I believe that Jesus, you're my Lord, you're my Savior. In Jesus' name. When you do that, you get born again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you get a hold and find a great church to go to. Amen. And if you're close by us, come here. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, let's lift up our heads. Hallelujah. God is good. The Lord is good. I know that we're, we're challenging you, but we're going to continue to challenge you. And, uh, you know, as I say before, you know, I'm just the messenger, boy. Don't kill the messenger. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, we're going to do as we always do every Wednesday night. We're going to worship God with our tithes and offerings. So if you need an envelope, they're right there in the seat pockets in front of you. And uh, uh, or if you're giving, knowing how to give this, that's what I'm going to do because that's what I do on Wednesday nights. So praise the Lord. God is so good. So we thank God for his amazing grace and all that he's, he's doing in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And we're so blessed. We're so thankful for all that God has done. And we're really trusting him, you know, to meet and supply all of our needs. We continue to keep going. As you can see, if you haven't noticed, we are replacing the whole front out there and uh, putting our T-111 the right way that it's supposed to be. So it's good. Crispin's doing most of that. He's, uh, he, you know, getting really tired, so I got to quit working him so hard, so he'll come to church, but other than that, he's good. No, I love him. He's been working hard, so it's good, but uh, he's awesome, and so, uh, but, but, you know, we're going to get that, and I know that some of you have said, hey, we like that color. That's a primed, that's just primed. It's not painted yet. We got to do it, okay? I love you. So let's pray over this offering right now. Father, we honor you. We love you. We praise you. Thank you for your amazing grace, and Lord, I just trust tonight, minister to the lives of each and every one. And Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. But thank you, Father, that you are the one meeting and supplying all of our needs, Lord. You are. And so I just thank you for that, Father. As each one purposes in their heart to give, so let them give. We thank you for increase. We thank you for the blessings, Father. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Ushers, go ahead. Let's receive this, this offering here. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Praise the Lord. We're just believing for good things. Amen. We are. Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Also, ladies, I do want to announce you have your ladies' breakfast this coming Saturday, 9 o'clock. I invite all of you to be there. It's a lot of fun, good fellowship, really good. The Word of God will be good, and just your fellowship together will be good. You guys always have a great time. So uh, come and be blessed. It's, it's good things too. Amen. Hallelujah. So uh, I think that's the only announcement so far. And then Sunday we'll probably announce some other things that are going on. Amen. Let's all stand up and get ready to just let God be God. It's 8 o'clock straight up, so we're good. We did our whole hour right there. Perfect. I love you. God loves you. Be blessed. Hallelujah. You're dismissed.